All right, everybody. It's uh, M's of the KB and M's podcast here uh, with my guy KB. Yo, what's good? I'm tapping in from a remote location. Location unidentified. What's good, yo? KB in an unidentified location. IP address is masked. He's he's laying low right now. Yo, man. Mm-hmm. I got the servers up. The proxy is moving. You can't find me. <laughs> so uh what's been good man it's it's been a little bit it's definitely been some time man just been trying to stay healthy in these streets <sighs> trying to move around a little bit before things shut down shut down but yeah that's the know. uh that's the word yeah man how you been everything been good yeah so um we had a little hiccup with the whole uh covet thing my wife she she had a couple uh couple of harsh days when it came to breathing so we got that all situated and now we're good to roll but uh going into that I kind of just want to give a little heads up for anyone that maybe does run into that situation where other uh, diagnosed uh, positive with covid if you experience any type of like difference in breathing like even a hint like you got to go get that checked out because that could develop into something like way more serious than you want in your life and me, I'm like a tough guy, so I'm always going to try to like, try to just like, oh no, I'll be straight, I'll be straight. But when it comes to that, like that's nothing to play with. So I'm just happy we got that squared away and uh, she's on the up and up now. So we're good. Definitely glad to hear that she's on the up and up again. Yeah. And just knowing that that's the specific area of infection with COVID, anything related to the respiratory system, you got to take that extra precaution towards and make sure you're all right. Yeah, most definitely. It's just crazy once you finally see it uh, with your own eyes. You know what I mean? You hear about it, you hear about it until it's one of your family members or your loved ones, and then it it just hits different. So, yeah, I'm happy I was able to be here with her these last two weeks and just being able to take care of her and just be with her during this crazy virus. You know what I mean? All right, man. Shout out to Lemons. Glad she had a speedy recovery. For sure, for sure. So uh, it's uh, it's it's been a crazy uh, last week. Uh, we took a week off the pod. I think it was good for us to recharge the batteries a little bit. Um, you caught up with one of our boys, uh, Duncan, uh, down in the city for a, for a minute. Um, yeah, I spent the day mm-hmm. in Queens just hanging out with some family. Yep. Taking care of some business. Yeah, shout out to Duncan. And, yeah, shout out to Duncan and May. Yeah, man, shout out everybody down there. Yeah, for sure. AP. Mm-hmm, AP, of course. How could we forget? And uh, Yeah, man, there was a lot of reflection on family, reflection on life, yeah. celebration of life. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Yeah, no, for, for sure, for sure. So uh, with me being on this second week of uh, being quarantined, I kind of tapped into... Uh, Working on some stuff around the house. I, I finally, I've had this vision of having like this workstation slash desk type area in the crib. And I bought the desk like about a month ago. And it's just been uh, sitting in boxes and two pieces for like the past three weeks. So uh, I tapped that thing open. And now my uh, video editing station slash podcast station is just elite. Like I'm, 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 I'm firing at a high rate right now. I'm hyped. <laughs> The podcast station is elite. I like it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just talking about that, uh, 
once I got the workstation kind of popped up, I, I threw my computer up and everything. I got my dual screens and I started chopping some videos up and I just started getting hungry. And, uh, I've been seeing a lot of different other video editors dropping some stuff and I've kind of just been laying low at work. So, uh, I dropped a couple videos this week and, uh, just seeing the progress that I've made with myself since this past summer, it just kind of drives me and makes me hungrier to want to just keep on going. You know what I mean? Is have you ran into that? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like when you go to the gym mm -hmm. and you start to see that first bit of definition and you start to lose those first couple pounds and yeah. you're like, Oh shit, it's actually working. And then you get that boost to keep going and go a little bit harder every time. Absolutely. Professionally, though, that can be like a rush. I think that's one of the benefits to being in a field that you're genuinely interested in. Yeah, bro. Then when you hit those moments of growth, it's it's a crazy feeling because it's something that you've been working on and something that matters to you. Right. It's like putting some super unleaded gas in the gas tank. It just makes you want to. It makes you go a little faster than usual. It makes you a little more juice, a little more hype. So yeah, just been uh. Nothing, nothing out of the ordinary, but uh, just working on myself, man, during this time of uh, self-reflection, I guess you could say. Well, that's a good thing. I think it's always important to take a step back and reevaluate. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like you said, you were kind of put in a position where you were forced to sit down and chill, and you had that luxury to have that time. Yeah. What do you think is one of the biggest or what do you think can be a big roadblock from doing that in your everyday life? Man, that is a, that's a great question. So, um, from working like 10 hour days, so 60 to five to 70 hour weeks to just being home all day. Um, I mean, there's definitely some steps I could take to give me more, free time at the crib and it's honestly it's just doing all those little things around the house those little uh tedious things like doing laundry probably every every night at least doing, doing a load of laundry cleaning up around the house so when i get home from work i can kind of have that time to reflect and have that time to myself to kind of just relax you know what i mean me i'm kind of a, procrast a procrastinator with a lot of things and that bites me in the ass like every time <laughs> Yeah, I procrastinate with things that I know won't take me long or with tasks that I know, like, it's not going to be a difficult task because mm -hmm. I know it won't take me long or it's not going to be a lot of effort to do it. So right. I'll, I'll be more apt to put it off. Same but. here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely learned a lot this these two weeks of quarantine compared to the uh, five months just because everyone else is able to still kind of shake and move, but I can't. And uh, it was right. it was just a big mm -hmm. it was a big eye opener. A lot of family came through, dropping off meals, uh, groceries. Uh, my my bro uh, Taylor he came through with a load of groceries two days ago. Just so much love from uh, from everybody, and some people reached out that I haven't talked to in a solid maybe eight to ten months. So yeah, you definitely uh, realize where the love is and those people that may, might not be around all the time, but they're still thinking about you. So that was big. Yeah. Shout out to everybody showing love. Yeah, man. More love and less hate. And uh, yeah, just, I mean, not see like 
all the love that I received, that we received uh, these past two weeks, like I want to pay it forward, like big time. Like, I, I don't know exactly how, um, but uh, maybe it's just doing some, some small volunteering, uh, maybe during Thanksgiving. I, I, I have nothing lined up for Thanksgiving due to uh, the whole COVID thing. We're, we're clean and we're good now, but we don't really want to be around our family during that. But uh, yeah, I'm just super. A lot of people are faced with that dilemma. Yeah. Whether or not being with family members is worth the risk with everything going on. It's got a lot of people kind of up in arms about it. Yeah, a lot of people are very up in arms just because there's a lot of family members where um, it might not be their, their, uh, it might be their last holiday with you. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's just really, it's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, and it's not even to say because they're old or something like that. You just never know when it's someone's time to go. Exactly. But at the same time, my my biggest thing is I would love to spend time with, you know, the traditional family members that you spend that time with. But if me doing that gets somebody sick or exposes somebody to something, then, you know, it wasn't really worth it in the end. But I don't blame anybody who goes to a gathering or... Oh, no. As a gathering, it's a, it's the holidays. It's a time for you to get together with your family. So if you deem it safe, if you guys think that you handle it in a way that keeps everybody cool, then you know what I mean? It's a personal decision. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree exactly on uh, your take. I mean, it's up to you guys if you want to take the risk and you got to kind of understand what's going around. Um, it, it moves like, like the flu. I mean, it's, it's weird. Um, my wife had it, but yet I didn't contract it and I was around her for two weeks straight. I took two tests within those two weeks and negative both times. So, uh, yeah, it's just a risk you got to be willing to take and, uh, crazy times. I mean, there's really, there's different science and they're figuring out different things about it every day. So who knows, man, it's, you're going to, it's going to get crazy around Christmas too. when. They're going to be telling you you can't have, you shouldn't have more than 10 people with you. I mean, people are going to be all up in arms, but, I mean, it should truly just come down to however your family feels safe about the whole situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, um, but, yeah, so during uh, this time of me basically kicking it, <laughs> uh, the mm-hmm. NBA, the NBA draft popped on, and I noted, I think it, the draft was on a Wednesday and it was Tuesday, and I was like, the draft's tomorrow? It got so pushed back that I just completely forgot about it. Yeah. The NBA draft kind of got – I don't, I don't want to say it got pushed to the wayside, but for some reason it wasn't as prevalent as it usually is. Do you think it is – You had to almost be following it already. Right. Do you think it's because there's no, like, superstars in the draft? Or do you think maybe it was just how it all went down? Yeah, I think it's the way it went down, not yeah. being able to make a big spectacle of it and right. gather all these prospects in the same place and have all the cameras everywhere. Yeah. Let me show your mom crying. Let me show you hugging your dad. Like, all that stuff. Is, it's cool to see it virtually because you know it still happens. And right. This moment still means a lot to these players, but I feel like if you don't get that that environment where you have it all in one place, it's a little bit different. Yeah, it definitely hits a little different, and every time they would virtually tap into each of the draft picks, I mean, they just started bawling their eyes out. It was it was very emotional. It was a little too emotional for me. I think I kind of disliked the guys 
dapping up Adam Silver and uh, putting on the hat. But uh, it was cool to see everybody's dream uh, accomplished. <laughs> but uh, it was just like every pick, like bawling their eyes out, bawling their I'm like, all right. Different kind of generation, man. Now they're yeah. You got to give give people their credit. Uh, that Anthony Edwards drafted first out of Georgia. You have you uh did yeah. you watch any of his tape last year when he played? Yeah, I've seen his film. He's he is a well built. Right. Yeah, he's a well built individual. He'll the way his game is is he'll fit right in the NBA. If you need a bucket, you can give him the ball and uh, let him rock. So I, I feel like that's a solid pick for Minnesota. Yeah, and it's not like he's going to be by himself in a spot where right. he has to try and shoulder a load or right. do too much the way people used to fear about RJ Barrett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, he fell into a good spot, and uh, so we've been we've been hyping up Lamelo. So you were a big Lonzo Ball fan right out the rip uh, when he was going to UCLA. You're huge on Lonzo, and uh, we had been yeah. we had been following Lamelo for a little bit. And I remember AP saying like two years ago, he's going number one. He's going number yeah, one. He said he'll he'll be better than Lonzo and he'll go number one. Yeah. So uh, he, he go- went number three, yep. and he might arguably still be better than uh, Lonzo. Yeah. Um, hey, I hey, speedy recovery to Clay Thompson. Yeah. Yeah, speedy recovery. Can't, to, can't catch a break. Achilles went. My man was trying to come back. Where everybody, he had one of the most anticipated comebacks in basketball in a while, and cut cut before it even got started. So I hope he comes back stronger than ever, and I hope it doesn't take him longer than it's ever taken before, man. Yeah, that's a huge, huge blow to Golden State. I mean, not having him last when year. When I see James Wiseman on the draft recap, that's the first thing that I think of. Is yep. They're down quite opposite. But they made a move for Kelly Uber, so we'll see. Yeah, they're going to yeah, they're gonna put the Band-Aid on this year and kind of – he's not a bad ball player, though. No, he's developing really well. Yeah. I think he'll fit. He's not Clay Thompson, but no. he's – he's, He's capable. He'll give you something on the defensive end. Yeah, for sure. So, do you think Lamelo? You think he's gonna? Be, you think rookie of the year? You think he's just gonna ball out in Charlotte? Ball out in Charlotte? I don't know. <laughs> Gotta ask Kemba Walker. I think it's a tough environment. Yeah. Ironically, sure. I don't know. It's funny because I just watched the Last Dance documentary again recently. Uh-huh. You would think Michael Jordan would have a little more. I want to say ability to build a team. You know what I mean? Yeah, that th- you, I, you I took think that. that. He would know how to help whatever his talent. Is. I, yeah, I, I feel the same way as when I watched that. That's exactly what I thought of, and uh, it's just weird to me that he can't, from a team like president slash owner role, he can't think of the right pieces, like how to piece a team together. Like he's, he's notorious. To for even th- be competitive. Right. He's notorious. Who did he, uh, he drafted Kwame Brown over somebody. That's what he's notorious for. Kwame Brown. No, I mean, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, there were a few that like, and even like it's, the draft isn't a perfected science. So everybody's going to draft somebody who doesn't end up doing anything. Right. But for me, it's, like how long he's been in that role, yeah, and how you know how little 
result you see from it. Right. For one of for the game's best player to be in that type of role and then Charlotte just be mid every single year. Just kind of a head scratcher for sure. I'm sure there's stuff that goes into that. What, like, what does he do specifically? Right. How involved does he get? Right. Versus how hands stepping back and going. Yeah. Just because I'm MJ, I don't want to make all your calls for you. Right. How hands-on he really is. Yeah. I mean, it could be a hands-off approach for all we know. Yep. I'm just going down this list. Yeah. Ob Toppin. Ob. New York boy. Let's go. Everybody was hyped for him. Yeah. I was hyped for him. Yeah. He uh. So he didn't start dunking a basketball until his senior year of high school. I guess he started balling out on the AAU circuit his summer going into his senior year. So uh, kind of a late bloomer, and that's kind of why he went to Dayton. Uh, out of all places. Gotcha. Yeah. Went to Dayton and just balled out. And, uh, yeah, Naismith, pretty sure he won all the first team, all those type of awards. So, uh, hype for the and Knicks. This goes to show you, man, like, you don't have to be a number one ranked player right oh. away. If you keep grinding, keep chipping away, mm-hmm. it'll come to you eventually. Yeah, definitely uh, <clears throat> a different path. And that's why, I, yeah, that's why I got love for the kid is just because uh, he wasn't the decorated blue chip McDonald's All-American. You know what I mean? Different story, different grind. So, yeah. Shout out to Obi Toppin. Yeah, my man Cole Anthony went 15 to the Magic. That was so. Yo, I'm bugging out. I didn't know that was Greg Anthony's son. I feel so dumb. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I just I found that out through the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Sam. Before that, I didn't know, but now it makes sense. He had Spike Lee in the crib. Yeah, this draft. That was dope. Uh, I think he's a little. I think he's a little undersized for a point guard, but maybe he's got some some shit to him. Uh, I haven't watched enough of his game at UNC. He didn't really. Uh, that I I didn't see much out of him. He was hurt a little bit over there, but uh. Yeah, he didn't do anything crazy spectacular. Right. The injury kind of took away some time from him. Yep. <clears throat> Isaiah Stewart. New York alum. Yeah. He, uh, Rochester. Got drafted to the Trailblazers from Washington. Yep. Yeah. Shout out to Rochester, man. You got some local kids getting drafted. That's just dope for Central New York. Do you consider Rochester Central New York? Or nah? Yeah. Yeah, I will. I do. There's, um, yeah, definitely Central New York. There's a lot of players coming out of this area. Yo, there sure. really is. Low key. So uh, a super sleeper pick. RJ Hampton went to the butt. Yep, you were big on the RJ Hampton uh, pick there. Yep, definitely was. You know, my point guard. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, he, they had Drew Holiday, but not to say that they didn't have a point guard. But True. I'd like to see how this works out. Yeah, I mean, he could be a nice little piece, sixth or seventh man off the bench. Um, I say, I love the Tyrese Maxey pick uh, that Philly made at 21. He shot like 43% from three last year for Kentucky. Uh, or no, that was Emmanuel Quickly, who was their point guard in Kentucky, who shot 43%. Maxey's the two guard. And uh, that yeah. he's a bucket getter. He's streaky, but he can get to the rack. He can score on every level. Uh, he's a good defender. I think he, uh, 
Yeah, I think Tyrese Maxim, he might make a, a couple splash games throughout the season next year. You're going to hear his name for sure. Okay, Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, Tyrese Maxey. Any way too early picks for rookie of the year? Man. Uh, see, it all depends on playing time. So the Knicks recently just cleared out a bunch. So they cleared out uh, Bobby Portis. They cleared out Taj Gibson. So they're trying to clear the way for Toppin to get more playing time. Uh, Julius Randle's still there. Um, I'm, I'm going to go LaMelo. I think LaMelo's going to get the most burn. And he's probably gonna he's gonna average some crazy numbers because his passing numbers are nice. I just I want to see him defensively what he can do. Uh, but I think Lamelo is gonna put he's gonna set the league on fire with some games. Yeah, I, yeah, I see Lamelo. I can see Anthony Edwards with having D'Angelo Russell to play off of, creating a lot of opportunities for him. Right, he's gonna have a lot of floor space with with D'Lo handling the rock. Facts. Um, so one player that the Knicks signed is an undrafted free agent. I, I didn't understand it. Uh, first team All American, Miles Powell out of Seton Hall. Uh, so the NBA draft uh, talent evaluators they don't they don't respect four year seniors. I don't know why. I guess it's because they're older than uh, all the other prospects. But this kid is just a straight-up bucket. He's a 6'2 point guard. He's a little smaller, I guess, for an NBA point guard. But uh, he is just a tough scorer on every single level. I could see him landing a role for the Knicks and shooting up the the, uh, rotation there. So, yeah, I would keep your eyes out for Miles Powell. We'll we'll probably see him in the summer or not even shit. There's no summer league. <laughs> Usually after the draft, there's a summer league. We can get our eyes on these guys, but not even. On Trez Harrell to the Lakers. My, what did that just happen? Yeah, I just broke. He's a free agent, right? Yep, left the Clippers for the Lakers. Shit, so he don't even got to move his crib. That's the dope thing about switching teams. I know Matt Barnes did it that way too. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. I was I wondered what the fallout from Doc Rivers leaving was going to be. True. Wow, two year contract yeah. for Montrezl Harrell. Was Dwight Howard went to Philadelphia? That was, was wild. A front court. Yeah, now you get to back up and be cool. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, he, he lucked out because AD played before, so he could start at the five. Oh. Right, you, go to Philly, you go to Philly where MD starts at the five. Right. You're not playing before. I guess Mark Gasol is another target the Lakers are trying to get after. That's interesting. So they're going after rebounding. Yeah, they want to get some big guys. I don't know, man. This is going to be a good season. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited. The season's gonna it's gonna be here before we know it, but uh, I'm ready for it. Yeah, man. Starting in, they did end up going with the January or the excuse me, the December start date. Yeah. Yep. They. So we'll have basketball before Christmas and all that. Mm-hmm. Lit. Because I mean, NBA during Christmas, like that's. If we didn't have that, I would have been upset. Yeah, they've made it a part of the culture at this point. <laughs> exactly. For the culture. 
It's just like football on Thanksgiving, bro. Uh, so, uh, what are you watching on TV? So, with me being quarantined, bro, I was I've grinded uh, some shows out. So, before the quarantine, I finished The Haunting of Bly Manor. Have you heard of that? No, put me on. All right, so uh, it's an it's a suspenseful, like scary type show. We were watching it during around Halloween. And um, so I guess it's the sequel to The Haunting of Hill House, but I had never even watched Haunting of Hill House. Uh, but anyway, it's just about uh, a manor out in uh, England in the country. And there's just kind of some, uh, there's two children that live there. The parents uh, aren't around and just some creepy things happen in the manor. And there's an old pair that moves in there and uh, super creepy, but also dope at the same time. So I'm a sucker for like, Great cinematography and just a great story. Um, within the past year, HBO has let me down with like two or three shows where they have a great, great first few episodes. And then the way they wrap everything up at the end, it just leaves me so upset. But uh, with The Haunting of Bly Manor, they just they wrapped everything up well. I think that's just definitely something you should watch with the girl. Like it's a little scary. So she might be like cuddling a little closer than usual with you. But uh that's a dope Jesus. one. Major key alert. <laughs> What's one of the HBO shows that let you down? Um, so one was called uh, The Outsider. So uh, Jason Bateman actually wrote it, and he starred in it. And uh, this... Red flag. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not a Jason Bateman guy. <laughs> he goes, that's why. You mean something that he wrote and started writing? Right. I won't even... I'm not going to waste my time on that one. And then uh, <laughs> another one was True Detective Season 3. That show came off so fucking strong, and then just yeah, True Detective had a really strong beginning. Just fell off a cliff, bro. And then Thrones, Matthew McConaughey was fucking yeah. Season that that season was tough. Like everybody who steps into that True Detective bag, like steps their shit up. Yeah, for for sure, Mahershala Ali, he he crushed his role. There was nothing wrong with their roles whatsoever. It was just the story. Like he's an underrated actor. Oh, I don't know if he's so much underrated anymore. Like he's starting to get a little more recognition, but right from like I started, I want to say I recognized he was in the Hunger Games, but that wasn't like a big role. I started watching House of Cards on Netflix with yep. uh, Kevin Spacey and all that, and yep. he has a pretty uh, prominent role in that show. That's when I started going like, okay, this dude can really he can act. Yeah, for sure. I I didn't know anything about him up until True Detective, so I started digging into his uh his work uh up before that, and yeah, he's a he's a good actor for sure. And um, season two of Rami, of you were checking out Rami on FX. Oh, Rami? No, I haven't tapped. So I haven't tapped into season two <clears throat> yet. I have not. Oh, uh, Mahershala Ali's in it. Oh shit! All right, that might incline me to to tap in then. Yeah, it's, it's such a well-written show. Oh man, and is doesn't does doesn't Rami write it? Yep. Yeah, uh, Gerard Carmichael produces it. It's got some good yeah. people behind it. So what? Uh, I've been you, watching. Uh, yeah. Oh, what's up? I was just say, tell me about uh this show, The Playbook. So the Playbook is me being in my nerdy coach's bag, but it's pretty much coaches from different sports talking about their process and the things that they find important. Like the first episode is Doc Rivers and 
he's talking about his philosophy that came from winning the championship with the Celtics, and then he goes into what happened with the Donald Sterling situation. They have Jill Ellis from the U.S. Women's Soccer National Team, who won the World Cups with the team. Don Staley, who's a female basketball coach, who's pretty much turning the South Carolina program around. Word. It's just an insight to coaches who have accomplished things and how they approach the game and things like that. It's pretty cool. You know how spoiled kids are nowadays to have stuff like Netflix where you can watch stuff like this at a young age? Like, say, like, I don't know, say a kid wants to be a coach when he's older. What did we have to watch when we were younger? We would just have to watch the actual games. Now they can dig into Netflix and YouTube and... That's dope that they have the something The blueprint like to a lot of different yeah. pathways and careers is right in front of you. Yeah. If you're looking. That's awesome, man. Uh, the playbook, yeah. I'm I'm going to tap in. So I'm going to blame my wife, but it might be partially my fault. But my Netflix, it doesn't pop up like any sports things. I'm, I'm <laughs> When it comes to my shows, I'm... I'm heavy on like suspenseful, like dramatic shows. So that's like all that pops up on my, on my feed for Netflix. Yeah. I take the time to make profiles for everybody in my house. Uh-huh. Nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> uh, so I get all the, all the assortment of shows. Oh yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I have everything all over my profile. Um, another one that Netflix was pushing hella hard and uh, we'll pause that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> is uh while I was watching Blind Manor, it kept popping up at the end of episodes. Is this Queen's Gambit? Queen's Gambit, and then uh, have you had you heard of it yet or no? No, no. Um. So, anyways, my Twitter one day I was scrolling through and someone was saying, "Yo, low key, um, the main actress in Queen's Gambit, like as she gets older, like she's a baddie." And I was like, "What is this show even about?" <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so I digged into it and my wife and I, we crushed, uh, we crushed the whole, it's like a mini season, like limited series type deal. So it's nine episodes. Yeah. We crushed those nine episodes in about four days. And, uh, so basically it's about a young girl who, uh, is in a foster home. She links up with the janitor and she sees him playing chess and she goes, well, what are you playing? And he goes, don't worry, don't, like, you shouldn't be down here, da 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 So anyways, uh, she ends up coercing him into showing her how to play. And she ends up becoming just a prodigy. And it's based in uh, the 1960s. And uh, it just goes about her life uh, being a chess prodigy. And she comes up through all these tournaments and uh, moves up the ranks and ends up ends up uh, being one of the best to ever exist it's, it's pretty dope to be honest i never thought i would be into a show about chess but i definitely uh chess is really dope it's it's so funny how the, the things that require a little bit of thought and thinking don't become popular but chess is one of those games that like if you really get into it it's it's, it's like a sport it's literally like a sport yeah it it really is so during the show, I'm not I'm not gonna talk too much. I don't too much spoiler stuff, but uh, they so there's different books that go over different games that professional chess players played, and they'll lay out the board, and they'll tell you exactly what moves they did. So I mean, a bunch of these professional chess players will study 
uh, old chess matches and they have like certain names for certain things. So like there's a Sicilian defense, yeah. there's the like this, this and that. It, it was cool to like to really see them go in depth about chess. And I would never would have thought in a million years that'd be my bag. But shit, I downloaded the chess app after I finished. I'm not even going to lie to you. You. No, I remember there was a, a movie about Bobby Fischer. Yeah. Prodigy, mm-hmm. And that had got me into it a little bit and understanding like the masters, the grandmasters, mm-hmm. certain types of attacks and defenses. And yeah, dude. It's like it's, a, it's in depth. Yeah, it's super dope. But uh, that caught me that caught me off guard. I, I was shocked at how good this show was so i mean if you have some time i think they're like our episodes but that's another one with wifey you guys would definitely like that one together right and then uh on some super like uh chill vibes supermarket sweep you guys put me on to it actually i hadn't watched like super casual vibe yeah super casual vibe i hadn't watched really supermarket sweep at all until you guys mentioned it now i've been hooked that's one of those classic shows like Jeopardy, Family Feud, mm-hmm. Price is Right. Like just certain shows you can you can stick in any generation or any decade and they just kind of fit. Yeah, no doubt. Leslie Jones. Supermarket Sweep is dope. Leslie Jones is hilarious. Yo, she's funny. So I, I remember her from SNL. So now she's hosting Supermarket yep. Sweep. She She's in her bag on that show. She's funny. Yeah, I like seeing certain like because good comedians know how to how to make the content go just to the edge without being inappropriate for TV. Like Steve Harvey yeah. does a good job of oh that my, on Family Feud. Oh my goodness! I, I sent you the uh, thing Stefan Diggs said the other day. Steve Harvey has some funny stuff in Family Feud. Yeah, because people are just trying to think on the fly, so they're not trying to. <laughs> Think about whether what they're thinking is appropriate, and I'm right. just trying to get their shit off. That's what I'm saying. Some freaky shit on national <laughs> TV, and now your grandmother's looking at you wild from across the room. And uh, that's what I always say to my wife when I'm watching Supermarket Sweep, and I can answer these questions like in a split second. I'm like, you know what? If that was me on the show on the spot, nah, I'd probably freeze up. Yeah, on a TV set with an audience, right? That's for like you're at Madison Square Garden. Right. All the lights on you. Do you have a favorite game show? Ah, uh, favorite game show. Huh, so I was bit when Jeopardy first dropped on Netflix, I was huge on Jeopardy. And it's crazy because back then I would be hype if I could just answer one question. <laughs> in <laughs> in Jeopardy. But uh Family Feud definitely took over for me. I love that show. I just love how they have different, uh, fam- like the different types of families and celebrities and guests on there, and the subject matter is always something I can kind of shout answers back to, and usually I'm like around the top. That's you know? a good thing to to throw on when you got the family over. Yeah, for sure. A lot of interaction. Yeah, no doubt. Yep. No, I probably I think mine might be. I want to say chop. You chopped got yo. You and Leash put me on the chopped. That's actually a really dope show. Chopped is there's a black hole that you'll never come out of, and mm-hmm. three days have gone by before you shower. But right. it's cool. You just get to see 
like there's chefs and everybody's capable of cooking at that level, but you have no idea what the ingredients are. So right. That. And then you got 30 minutes to turn it in, 15 minutes to turn it in. Right. You watch like what are you gonna do? five or six episodes of that and you're going to be like, he should have used the cayenne pepper. I can't believe he passed on that. <laughs> it's crazy. You watch the Food Network for an hour, you'd be ready to go cook some shit. Right, no doubt. You'll be criticizing people that have been cooking longer than you. <laughs> I was on the done. He's like, all right. <laughs> He's just doing it all wrong. Judging your girls cooking and shit just because you watch a guy's grocery game. <laughs> oh, shit. No, shout out to Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. But uh, shit, man. What's good with some new music, man? What you been? Uh, what's been bumping in the new whip? And the new chain. So help me God. Yeah. That shit is hard. That shit's hard. So um, two chains is one of like when I think of trap music, I think mm-hmm. of what he does. So my yeah, he does a lot of different variations of it, but I think like he's one of those people that can help you define what it is. Absolutely. So my whole like listening bag got jacked up with me in quarantine. So I I judge my albums heavily on the car bump. So on the bump on the way to work. And then uh, when I have them in my uh, noise canceling headphones when I work out, like the bass is hitting the right way. But now since I've been quarantined, I haven't really been able to listen to albums how I like to, like in a good space, I guess you could say. But I threw chains yeah. on uh, when I was working out, and I threw it. I I just threw it on like my Bluetooth speaker, and uh, I I don't know song names by any chance, but I think halfway into that album, it really started to pick up for me. Like it, it's st- I started vibing with it. It was dope, but I've only ran through it once. But uh, I can't even name tracks for you or anything like that. But I feel like it started to get tough about uh, halfway through. Rainbow wrist. Uh, yeah. First song, Gray Area. Save me with Young Boy, Never Broken Again. NBA Young Boy is nice. He's everywhere. Yeah, he's yeah. Money Maker with Lil Wayne. I like uh, Lam- I like the first two, Lambo Risk and Gray Area. Lambo Risk and Gray Area. Let me let me peep yeah. that shit real quick. Southside Hove is dope. Southside Hove. That shit was tough. So you know what? Once uh. I think it was Ziploc. From Ziploc on, I was banging to it. So that's from track what? eight on. Yeah, that shit with Southside Hove. I guess he's been low key, like begging Hove for a verse, and Hove like won't give him one. So he kind of like made that track as like a like a homage to Hove. I guess I don't know. That's crazy. Hove is giving verses to less deserving names. Right. Yo, I thought the same thing to be honest. Like you can't you can't put something out with chains. Like I feel like they could complement each other fairly well. It's kinda crazy. Hella crazy. So um yeah, so I realized so it was last night I was watching the versus battle and uh Meek started tweeting uh quarantine pack dropping tomorrow and I was like, oh she, like when Meek announces the project dropping, like to me like I'm like, drop everything you need to figure out, like, when this is dropping or, like, save on my Apple Music. Meek's got a special place for me uh, when it comes to music. So, yeah, I bumped that quarantine pack. I ran through that thing two or three times today. But just in my, like, Apple 
uh, headphones. Like I didn't get like the full music experience, like I was saying. But uh, that shit knocks Meek. It, it's your classic Meek. You know what I mean? But uh, I fuck with it. Yeah, he feels a certain kind of void. Like he, it's not like DMX, but it, it's wow. similar to how DMX. DMX made a certain kind of music that like. And after you go so long without hearing it, you only want to hear it from him. That is I think so. Meek Mill kind of has that same bro, effect for me. That is so spot on. Like he is like this, our, like our generation's DMX. Wow. Yeah, and I'm yeah, and I'm not comparing the songs or saying no, like no, 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 or anything like that. But just mm-hmm. the, the impact they kind of had, especially yeah. once Meek went on his social justice kind of Facts. tour and went through everything publicly with his case. Mm-hmm. That story was yeah. wild. Uh, you put me on to the docu series that they had on Amazon about his trial and what he went through in his life to get to where he is now. And I mean, going through going through pill addiction and uh, getting dragged through the mud on a on a fake gun charge. I mean, if you guys haven't seen that Meek Mill documentary on Amazon, uh, that is. That I, I mean, to see what that man went through and then to where he is now, like, there is, bruh, that, that guy's deserves every type of penny that he gets. Yeah. And, yeah. I think I give credit to people like that when it's, when you're having the conversations of, like, how is social justice or prison reform or those kind of things, how are those conversations being kept alive? Right. And I think these people like me, and the people who have gone through it. Yeah. They help keep those stories going and letting people know that, you know, it's it's a slanted system. It's not it's not the same across the board. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just a spoiler alert into kind of Meek's life, so what was going on with him is he would get <laughs> spoiler alert, he becomes successful. Right. But uh, the DA, so the DA out in Philly basically was just pump faking him and playing him. Uh, he would get out on probation and then they would throw him back in on just like some bogus probation charges. So he would be out of the state touring, uh, making money for his family. And the DA. My would... favorite example is so when you're on probation, if you're allowed to leave your designated like city or living area you usually have to like give like specific detail of where you're going to be and when you're going to be there. Mm-hmm. So he had an itinerary to go from Philadelphia to New York and then fly out of New York and then go somewhere. And I can't remember where he was going, but what happened was the weather. I want to say it was, um, was it Sandy that hit New York and like had everything shut down mm-hmm. and he had to drive back to Philadelphia his driver gets pulled over in Philadelphia. So not him driving by himself, talking about me, it's his driver. Gets pulled over. They see who he is, run his information. His judge finds out that he's back in Philly when he's supposed to be on his way to his destination from his New York flight, and they lock him up. Yeah. Because he wasn't following his itinerary. Right. Meanwhile, the weather is the reason why he had to reroute his shit. So it's just crazy the little things that, like, you can tell, like, if if your judge doesn't like you or if you don't get a good pick on, you know, who's looking at things for you, it can go south quick. Right, yeah. It's 
That uh, that documentary is just insane. But yeah, Meek, Meek deserves every. That one of... in the Khalif Browder documentary. I haven't seen that one. Khalif Browder. Uh, I, I haven't you, seen that you one. Might, you might have to shuffle your playlist. So it's a story about a kid who was accused of stealing somebody's backpack. Uh-huh. So they arrested him, and he went to Rikers Island, and he was up there for like four years before he ever saw a judge or before his case was heard. Mm. And like according to him, like he didn't steal the backpack. So like imagine being locked up for something that he didn't even do. So like normally you get locked up and you see a judge. Right. As soon as the judge is available, it's usually a couple of days sometimes, depending on where you are. Right. This kid was in jail for years, years until he saw somebody. For something he never even did. Something he never even did. And then, like, it got to a point where, like, witnesses weren't in the country no more. Right. Like, the the, uh, prosecuting argument couldn't really be held up, so now they're asking for extensions, extensions. Meanwhile, you're stuck, you know, on Rikers Island trying to, maintain while they're messing around with your case on Rikers like mind you this is one of the like most gruesome penitentiaries like around like I'm pretty sure they're trying to shut down Rikers it might be shut down right now yeah I know they were trying to but it was that's that story was that story is worse than me that's crazy, yeah. I'm like I'm, me, not to, and like I, I hate to even compare the two. Like that's probably not even the right thing to do. But in Meek's instance, he had times where like he came home, right, and he had those times to rejoice and yeah, exhale a little bit, and then some fucked up shit would happen and he'd have to go back, right. Khalif never went home. Like the fucked up shit happened right away. And now he was jammed up for a few years before it even got straightened out. Right, he was just held that and whole time. It ended up time. affecting him mentally, and like, like, unfortunately, he ended up taking his own life. And Damn, transitioning that way, but you gotta, you gotta definitely be careful out here, man. Especially people of color. Yeah, the system's not equal for everybody. It really isn't, and it, it took me. Uh... It took me until I was 21 years old. Uh, I was going, I go to, I went to a SUNY school, uh, state school, uh, out past Buffalo and uh, a close friend of mine from New York City, he kind of told me like, hey man, it's not really safe around here for me. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, bro, I walk home from uh, my boy's house and granted like he was smoking over at his boy's house or whatever, but he just had his backpack on with his textbooks in there because he just went there after school. And, uh, this is a small town uh, outside Buffalo. I'm not going to name where, but uh, cops would just stop him and just start questioning him just off, like out of nowhere. Oh, where are you going? Where have you been? That like, but the thing is that if that was, if that was me and I'll tell you truthfully, if that was me, a cop wouldn't stop me. If I'm just, if I'm just walking with my backpack on mine of my own, a cop won't stop me. And that really fucking opened my eyes and it, it, it fucks me up to this day, like just thinking about the stuff that uh, people of color, what they have to go through that uh, us uh, white individuals never even think of. Us white individuals. 
<laughs> yeah, man, no, it's definitely, definitely not, not the land of opportunity for everybody. No, so. it's you just got to be you on know, your P's you, and you Q's. You for progress. You fight for the way that things should be, not accept things for the way that they are. For sure. Especially when things are unjust. For but sure. on some brighter news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark and sad and <laughs> really quickly. I know. That took a turn. For sure. Um, we talked about meat. We talked about change. Same job. Do you live in the same job? Same John. So I since I've been quarantined for these last... However long, uh, I've been I've been listening to the Joe po- Joe Budden podcast religiously, and uh, I think Budden had a quick little jab in there. He said thought he's listening to St. John, so uh, he's like a he's like an R and B artist, right? Yeah, but it's not traditional R and B by okay. So I listened to two or three tracks of his newest album, but. I heard his last album was like popping, and I didn't even really get into that one, so I feel kind of odd. Yeah, that might be where you want to start. Yeah, that's what, yeah. I heard that one was, was popping. I kind of just let it slide by. I saw it and everything and didn't really click on it. Yeah, he's an introspective dude. He's one of those guys who dives into his own thoughts and feelings and philosophies, but he's, he's very, he's lit at the same time. Yeah, I'm a, 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 a few a few of our, uh, I think APs brought him up before too, and uh, for Joe Budden to bring him up and kind of like give him praise, that takes a lot for him to like give someone credit in the game. So, yeah, I'm gonna I'll listen to his shit for sure. I think that's all. For me, I was on the chains. I've been so heavy that I didn't really. Not too much farther than that. For real, you've been listening to chains that you've been running it back. Like, how many times you listen to chain shit so far? I'm probably I'm probably more into two chains than a lot of people are. Okay, I probably listen to it probably two or three times. Okay, check out the songs that I like, add to my playlist, and keep it moving. Yo, you're if any if anyone wants a dope curated playlist, KB's playlist that he puts out every year. Uh, I don't know what this year's one's called. It might just be joints or some shit like that. But uh, get on his Apple Music. He's got some uh, bunch of different shit all throughout the year that hits. Yeah, I'm on Apple Music. Mm-hmm. I add to him over time. Yeah. And, you know, it's a playlist. You know how to play with it. And you're like, but the thing is with your joints playlist, like you're picky as shit with it. Like you don't, like me, this is my whole thing is like I make a playlist and then I just throw like everything on it, but then I burn it out and then I'm done with it. You, you'll oh, like, yeah, no. you'll I'm add like, like one I'm song a month. Stuff on there, taking stuff off. Yeah, you're yeah. you're diligent with your shit. That's what I've noticed with your with. Uh, I think it's your playlist called Joints. I I tap in on that shit from here and there. Yeah, I started one called Slow Jam, trying to get my R and B bag back up. Uh huh. Yeah, man. Party Next Door's album. I'm still listening to Running by Twenty One Savage. Running, <laughs> yeah, well, that song's dope. Um, did you? Uh, well, I know for a fact that you did because we talked a little bit about it last night while it was going on. So you tapped into that Jeezy versus Gucci uh, versus. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. I was hurt. I was, I was hurt. That I brought... got put on the. I got put on the Gucci and 
Jeezy and that those are two of the people that helped shape music. That brought back like so much like, nostalgia. Like Yeah. Like Gucci for me is another person like two chains who defines what trap music sounds. Yeah, what? Are you kidding me? And then young Jeezy is obviously in that same category. If not more so than anybody else. So, so did you thug motivation? And all yeah, thug motivation. So when yeah. he when he came out the gate and and played standing ovation, I think it was like three tracks in. I was like, I don't know how Gucci's gonna like how he's gonna fare during this thing. But uh, I thought Gucci's track selection was was tough. Like he, some of his mixtape tracks that he put on there were like uh, bricks. Uh, is yeah. he, is your rolling? Uh, he had yeah. another one with OJ the Juice Man. Uh, Lemonade, yeah, he oh, played shit. all the like. Yo, he played. He, he had a really strong sense of which songs from his catalog to come back with. Yeah, like and, and like uh, we were talking about with Cody, like songs I haven't heard in like ten plus years, like easily. Mm-hmm. So that shit was hitting. Like I was, like Gucci was getting washed, but the songs he was coming back with, like he was fighting hard, but. Uh, Gucci. I think so. For me, it, it's like a no, it's a notoriety thing. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be more Young Jeezy fans or more people that are aware of Young Jeezy and his music mm-hmm. than there are people that are aware of Gucci and his music. Facts. Yeah, Jeezy is more like I don't want to say worldwide, but uh, he's kind of more uh, mainstream. Mainstream. Like, yeah. He, yeah, exactly. He went a little more commercial. But, uh, so I think in a ver- like in a versus environment, Gucci's gonna struggle a little bit because if you don't know it, right? And I, I don't know if it hits the same. For sure, and uh, the way my comments were, so I guess everybody's comments on the whenever you're watching something live are a little different compared on like what you follow. But um, I mean, whenever Gucci was playing like some of that, is you rolling, bitch? I might be like people were vi- like people were vibing to some of the tracks that Gucci was throwing out there, but uh it was like Jeezy was just dropping haymaker after haymaker after haymaker like you know what I mean? Yeah, see like certain people play like you can just go hit after hit after hit. Right. It was meanwhile some people had like you might have a couple B sides that are hits amongst your fans or amongst yep. your following, but everybody else might have never heard it. So it's I don't know. That was a cool one to see, man. For me, that was just like two of my favorite wrestlers at WrestleMania throwing each other through the cage. Right. Going at it. Rock and They had 1.8 million people in the. Like, that's significant. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. For something that started pretty much essentially on a social media platform. Yeah. And this but, this thing was, this thing was hype. I mean, uh, versus they kind of did it right. So they announced that it was going to be on at eight, and they literally just did not start that thing till nine. So they got everybody just sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting, and uh, I thought it was well worth it. I, w- I was up for the whole. I took you know what, three quarters through, I turned it off because I'm like, Jeezy's just killing. But then for some odd reason, I was like, I got to go back in, and uh, that brought up the ending. So you want to let everybody know kind of what happened at the end? At the end, so. I don't know if I want to say this is the first song that I had ever heard from either of them. Yeah, it might be. Uh, it was made in like 05. 
Yeah. So the so one of the bigger things around this versus battle was the fact that Gucci and Jeezy were beefing. Like they weren't. <clears throat> it wasn't even cordial for a while. Like you couldn't have them around each other. And I don't know. I know Jeezy has been public about just being one of the artists who age gracefully in hip hop. Like if you look at Jeezy, he's he's kind of moved into that elder statesman of the A kind of vibe and it, it just kind of carries a piece right and a, a one to reconcile things and i think that kind of brought out this kind of it made this something that was able to happen because you had two people who were cool-headed about it and able to come together for hip-hop and yeah make it happen so like the idea that these two people who didn't like each other and haven't liked each other for so long are going to come together and put their music against each other in an environment that's kind of, you know, it's kind of charged up. Yeah. You're putting your best music against somebody else's and, you know, kind of putting that energy out there like I'm better than you. So it was, it was kind of set from that stage and that standpoint. And even the whole time through, you had little jabs going back and forth and DJs calling each other out and laughing at the picks that each other made and, Bro, it and was, then at the end, they performed the song So Icy. Yeah. And just to have that throwback track be the ending to it. Cause it was funny because they were talking to each other like like shit was about to go left. Like, we can handle this right here. Bro, it was tense. It was fucking tense. And I was like, shit was, shit was cool like five minutes ago. And then <clears throat> they dropped the beat and it was just dope to see yeah, I mean, Gucci literally at one point said, "Send some." I think he said, "Send send another one for me, and I'll put them in the dirt too." And and I didn't know I didn't know what he was talking about, so I dug into it, and uh, apparently a lot of this beef gravitated over uh, the "So Icy" track because I, I guess Jeezy wanted the track for his album, but Gucci had the rights to the track, and uh, Gucci didn't give Jeezy the rights to that track for his album, and uh, apparently Jeezy put a 10k bounty out on gucci's chain like this is this is how it all originated i guess and so when that happened uh whoever tried grabbing gucci's chain got got killed (laughs) so for gucci to like come out and say send another one for me and i'll put them in i I think he said i'll put them in the ground too i was like sheesh like that like is this really like is this real life right now it was uh it was different <clears throat> Swiss Beats was Vince McMahon on that one. He was controlling the, yeah. the energy. Yeah. But, <clears throat> but uh, I had me looking at like the different ones, like Fab and Jadakiss. They were on season one, Alicia Keys and John Legend. Well, you, you, do you have a favorite one so um, far? So the only ones, I, I guess I'm a rookie. I'm not going to try to front for anybody. The only one I've listened to before this was uh, Fab and Jada. And uh, Jada just got Jada just got way too like drunk like during it to where like he wasn't even he was just having a good time. But this one they weren't really drinking or anything. It was just tense the whole time. So uh, that's my only one I've watched. So I mean I'm gonna say this Gucci Jeezy one was. But uh, what about you? Jada, you watched him get Jada drunk. Jada was <laughs> wilding uh, out. Ross and Two Chains was another one for me. Wow. DMX and Snoop Dogg. I I miss that DJ Premier and uh, who else was it? They had one too. 
DJ Premier and I oh, wasn't Dilla. I can't remember. Who oh, RZA. Yeah, RZA. Yeah, Boy Wonder and Hit Boy was hard. Yep, that one was hard. You know what? I any did... any producer with like Drake records that aren't out. Yeah, like, yep. about to have some fire and stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, the Dream and Sean Garrett, two dudes who have written like some of the all-time great R&B records. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm looking through this. Which one was my favorite? It might be. Um, uh, Ross and Two Chains. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would love uh, someone. Else, someone else brought up. They're like, I'll listen to Ross again and have him go against. I think was it Ross and Tip. I mean, I, I didn't even watch Ross's, so he could he could run his back and I'd be straight. His was probably fire, wasn't it? Yeah, because he has so many. Like he's another one where I was like, he plays for hit. So all he's gonna have more big records than you. Oh yeah, all day. Two Chains has a lot. Mm-hmm. There's certain Rick Ross songs that like you're not. Two Chains doesn't really have anything to go with Aston Martin either. Yeah, right. Facts. He's got 4 a.m. and like a bunch of like he's got joints, but Rick Ross is just he's got some that are up there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was probably my favorite one. That's yeah. I'm sure that was a dope one. Sure. What verses would you want to see? What verses would I want to see? I want to see Wayne. Some people were saying. Some people are wilding out. They're like after like Gucci and Jeezy like uh, said everything was straight or whatever. They're like Nas and Hove next. That would be wild. Nas and Hove like that would that that would never happen. But uh. I don't think you would get that. Nah, no. nah, I don't see that happening. Um, I would love who. So who was on top when Wayne was on top? Was it? I mean, Ross was up there during at that point. I mean, I guess Tip. Tip Wayne and, is a hard one, though. Right? Could you imagine? But like Wayne's catalog, like Wayne, Wayne against Tip. I don't know. That's crazy. <laughs> Wayne, uh, Wayne against the. Uh, I'm trying to think of like who was on top at that like era. See, it's funny because a lot of Wayne's better stuff is going to be like he has. He's one of those people that has so much to sort through and like to pick. Right, like like yeah. to come back with just twenty is hard. Very hard. Yeah, you're right because it just depends like what he would want to pluck and kind of put what into time the time point. Like yeah, the block is hot has to be on there. Right. But also, so does a million. So it's like, you know what I mean? In the 15 years in between those songs. So much stuff. All the other songs that you have, too. But that would be dope. I would like to see. Uh, yeah, I would love 50, to see Wayne. 50 said he would do a versus with the game, but the game can't use any of the songs that 50 wrote for. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, it was funny because, like, a lot of people weren't aware, like, 50 wrote a lot of the documentary. Yeah, like the that's hook. crazy to me. A lot of people don't know that. that. Yeah, people were bringing that up. I would love... I guess 50, uh, he said he would do it. That would be fair. <laughs> I think you could put 50... I don't know why 50 and T.I. didn't happen. 
That would be something. You know, 50, you know what? 50 needs to be on the next versus against somebody because he's from uh, what's his uh, he's trying to write the next TV show. He doesn't give a shit about rappers. That's a fact. Did you watch Power? Uh, until it started to get trash, yeah. yeah. Power started. Power starts out really strong, uh-huh. and then it gets really predictable, and then it gets outlandish and kind of corny. That's exactly where yeah. I lost interest. I stopped like uh, midway to season three because I just knew what direction it was going in at that point. I was like, "Yeah, I'm good." Yeah, once you can start calling yeah. at the end of the episode, at the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. I don't need to be watching it anymore. Yeah, I'm off that at that point. Yeah, but no, I fucks with the versus battles. I would personally want to see, give me Just Blaze. Oh. And... Just Blaze and the Justice League. Wow. You know what? On uh, My bad to cut you in, uh, but uh, Jeezy's new album just dropped, and he's got multiple Justice League beats on it, and I heard the tag, and I was like, I haven't heard that tag in a minute. You put you put me on a Justice League. Yeah, it's a group of producers who make, like, sonically mind-blowing shit. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because they do it, they make, they take classical instruments, but like violins, strings, um, violins are strings. I'm aware, but they use more instruments in the string section, mm-hmm. and they they use that and they put it in a hip hop oriented place, and it makes everything sound mm-hmm. crazy. Like uh, the Maybach music songs by Rick Ross; those are Justice League tracks. Um, Aston Martin music was a Justice League track. Um, what is the song that was just listening to the other day? Silly Girls by Estelle. Like, they just make this beautiful sounding music, and then you'll get these drums that are just made for somebody to black out on. But, oh, yeah. yeah. Justice League and then Just Blaze. I would want to see those too. That would be incredible. Start a petition. Just Blaze has some of your favorite, favorite songs. Oh, yeah. So. Just Blaze is, yeah. He's up there in, uh, Goat conversation. But, so uh, we took the week off, yeah. and that gave us what two weeks of football yeah. that happened. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we're in week eleven right now. Week nine and week ten already went by. That's crazy. We're in week eleven now. Holy moly! Week eleven is looking crazy so far. This the Seahawks played last night. Someone. We are right now. Seahawks beat the Rams. No, they beat the Cardinals, excuse me. Seahawks beat the Cardinals. Yeah, Seahawks. Kyler Murray. I like Kyler Murray, man. I was skeptical about his size and, like, his ability to throw. But he's got that. A lot of people were. Yeah, he's got got the touch. He's got the arm strength. And uh, all he's got going against him is the height. But he can move. So uh, he's special, man. And you just want to see him sustain it over time. But I think getting him people like DeAndre Hopkins and adding pieces over time will make his job easier. Yeah, that was big for them to get D-Hop. And uh, we didn't record last week, but uh, 
Kyler had that Hail Mary against the Bills, man. The the kiss of death. Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins over three defenders. Bills fans were sick. Bills fans were sick, man. They uh My game was over. He was triple covered. Kyler Murray was sprinting to the sideline before he just stopped and threw it real quick. Right? Like someone said, Would right. you rather have would you rather have the the what was it the midtown miracle where the Titans beat him in the playoffs with all that lat- all the laterals, or would you rather have the Hail Mary go against you? I'd rather have the Hail Mary. Don't <laughs> embarrass me pitching the ball back and forth. <laughs> For sure, but I mean, for the best receiver in the league to to moss three defense, I mean, is what it is. I got dumped on. Yeah, and you know what was dope? Did you see that photo? And it was Deion, it was Hopkins gloves. He's got the Jordan gloves, and it was all the other defenders' gloves. And the other defenders had like Adidas, Nike, and then Hopkins gloves were, were Jordan, and it had the ball and like in the gloves. It was dope. Brand endorsement plug. Oh yeah, someone was like, "Jordan's about to take off at this one." Yeah, it's funny. Jordan actually has pretty good football players on yeah. their roster. Do they? I I don't even know. To be honest with you. Oh man, of course I'm not gonna be able to name off the top of my head. <laughs> I didn't even know they had DeAndre Hopkins. Nah, I had no idea. But uh, what I noticed, so we're eleven, or now we're going on week eleven. Um, with Arizona and Seattle both playing on a short week, um, these teams, they're fatigued right now. I mean, I could just, I know the score was semi, like high scoring, 28-21. But, uh, I mean, you could just, to me personally, I could tell that these guys needed an extra couple days to kind of rest up, man. I really think that uh, these guys are starting to get worn out um, already going into week 11. There's like a bunch of just prominent starters all across the league that uh, haven't been practicing at all this week. I mean, it could maybe maybe be that time of the year where people are starting to get sick. I don't know, but uh, I think this week might surprise you on uh, what players either don't go off or maybe what players uh, don't play. So I would just keep your eyes out if you got some fantasy lineups. I know DeAndre Swift, uh, he got announced out. Uh, Taysom Hill is the starting quarterback for the Saints, apparently. Uh, it's just a wild. It's a wild week, man. Do your research this week before you uh, roll out these fantasy lineups. <clears throat> My Raiders have the Sunday night game against the Chiefs. Raiders gave the Chiefs their only loss, so we'll see. So the defense is supposed to be full strength. Everybody's off the COVID list. I didn't know the Raiders. The Raiders did this like victory lap or something after they beat the Chiefs the last time. Do you do you know about that? No. Apparently they did some like victory lap around like the Chiefs stadium or something like that. Apparently the Chiefs are pissed, and like Andy Reid like brought it up this past week in press conferences. So uh, I'm very interested to see a motivated Kansas City team against the only team that beat him this year on primetime Sunday night. Sign me up. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. Derrick Henry and Lamar Jackson go at it. I'm off the Ravens uh, until Lamar Jackson and uh, their OC can figure out his passing deficiencies. I'm just off the Ravens. Teams are starting to scheme him up, man. They, you, when, you're, when your deficiency is inaccuracy, right. it's, it's hard to help you, fam. Fa- facts. You. And that's the thing with, the ball the target, with these quarterbacks that – I don't want to say he relies on his legs, but legs are a big part of his game. 
they're going to leave you to being able to throw the ball and you can't make throws. It is what it is. Uh, the Ravens, yeah, I'm off you. I don't even want to talk about you, man. They disappoint me. I'm just tight. Lamar Jackson. And so in the two fantasy leagues I got Lamar in are my two worst leagues. And uh, it goes to show. Fantasy really shapes how you look at playing. That's crazy. Yeah, no doubt. My bad, Lamar. Eagles, Browns. Eagles, Browns, yuck. You want to do that to yourself on Sunday? No, so anytime the Eagles hype me up, they let me down. And then when no one cares about them, they, like, play well. So uh, I'm just going to go into this with no type of excitement towards Philadelphia. Uh, Carson Wentz was on his bullshit last week. All his weapons were back, and he played awful. So I, I don't know what to do with them anymore. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm just, like, defeated over them. I don't get it. It can be exhausting, man. I'm a Raiders fan. So the whole 2000s, I was fucking tight all the time. Yeah. They get my blood boiling, yeah. man. Um, Green Bay, Colts. Bills got to buy. Bears got to buy. Giants got to buy. 49ers got to buy. Yeah, Green Bay and the Colts. That might, that might be low-key. Besides your, best, your Raiders against the Chiefs there, I think that might be the best game of the week. Yeah, the best defense of the league against Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and uh, I got Green Bay as my as my NFC pick, so uh, still riding with them. We'll see how they uh, hold up against the best defense. Eagles, Cincinnati, Washington, Detroit, Carolina, Pittsburgh, and Jacksonville. Steelers are rolling, bro. Bro, it's crazy. They're so tough on defense, and forty something year old Big Ben, he just he's getting the job done, man. On offensively, they are just freaking clicking, man. They're a fun team to watch. I don't know if you watched any of them uh, recently, yeah, I like but watching they just I have, like Mike Tomlin. Yeah, he's a hell of a coach, man. I think he just uh, he doesn't put up with any bullshit, and all the players buy into his system. And I mean, I feel like that team from the top to the bottom. They're all some badass motherfuckers. Like they kind of got some shit to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think they're a very very gritty, tough. Uh, they're gonna. They might give Kansas City some problems, bro. Defensively, they match up with Kansas City really yeah. well. Yep, they're the only team that they I do. can think think of that can give them some fits. And then think about the firepower Pittsburgh has offensively that can give Kansas City's defense fits. So that could be that could be something fun to watch. Look at this NFC East division. Ew. You see three, five, and one Eagles are are leading the division. So how are you two and seven in one game out in of one game out. division? Oh my goodness. Nasty. Disgusting. Let's just not look at them. Uh, Bills, they got the bye week, but uh, they took that tough L to the Cardinals. But uh, I think that's some some growing. I mean, that's something that that team needs to go go through. I mean, this year they're playing well, but uh, we'll see, man. Josh Allen, they got they got him some weapons. Him with Stephon Diggs this year is a huge difference from the last two years he's been playing. So uh, we'll see if they can make if they can kind of make some noise in playoffs. But uh. Dolphins, they're starting to kind of catch some fire here, six and three. Yeah, Tua's on a hot streak. Yeah, you're you're right about Tua, man. The intangibles and uh, just him doing the little things. He he doesn't got to do a lot to get him the win. He's got a defense on his back, so. Yeah, and it helps to be able to 
kind of sit and watch the season go for a little bit before you step in. Right. Because you kind of get an idea of, like, the play calling, what happens with certain plays, what progressions you see, what defenses you've seen. Mm-hmm. So I think he had a couple things kind of working at his advantage and he kind of took over for at the right time. Yeah, I feel like uh, Brian Flores in Miami, they handled that whole situation well. And the biggest thing I noticed with uh, Brian Flores, so I, I believe this is his second year with this team, so he's got the players that he needs. So he's a Bill Belichick disciple. Uh, he was a D coordinator for Belichick. Uh, he's he's not a phony. Like, this guy can coach, man. Just like uh, Mike Vrabel, I mean – Belichick's got some guys that that branch out from him, like a Josh McDaniels that can't really cut it and uh, get teams put together uh, to do something. Are but, we to that point with um, with Vrabel? Uh, what's his name? No, not Vrabel. The homie in Detroit. Uh, with Patricia, I don't think he's. I don't think Patricia. he's. The, no, um, he was in Detroit. No, you know you're right, Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia, um, I don't think he's it. I think he's gonna end up going, losing his job, and end up being a coordinator again. Um, I've just the way uh, the way he treated. Maybe I'm just biased. The way he treated Darius Slay uh, just gave me a bad taste and taste in my mouth. But uh, he just acted like he wasn't a big deal, and he ended up he was like a, a top three corner this past year, and uh, didn't want to pay him. Yeah, didn't want to pay him. Did Matthew Stafford's career get wasted in Detroit? Uh, one of my buddies, Jay, he's actually like he listens to every episode like religiously. He told me uh, when we were talking about nostalgic mixtapes, he's like, "How do you not bring up Friday Night Lights?" I was like, "Damn, facts, we fucked up." But uh, Jay, he's a, a Lions fan, and we were talking about uh, the amount of sacks that that dude has taken throughout his career. Is like, I think he's taken over like two hundred sacks, just. Yeah, I would say his career was a complete waste. And he's not a bad quarterback. If you put some weapons around oh. him, if you put some weapons around him, he's he's good. But uh yeah, they he's kind of just sitting there. I mean, at least he's he's got the bag behind him though. Yeah, he got paid. Yeah, he he, he said yeah, he he signed a one one real big one, so I mean, give that to him, but yeah, his career is most definitely wasted. I think his rookie season he was about these Stafford. Man. Yeah. I think his rookie season he was thrown to Mike Williams. Do you remember when Mike Williams was on uh was on Detroit? Yeah. And then we got <laughs> Calvin Johnson. Yeah. Calvin Johnson, uh was Tatum Bell there? Or no, Javid Best. No, Sorry. Javid Best. But uh yeah. Whatever happened to Brandon Pettigrew? Brandon Pettigrew. Wow, that's another good one. Didn't he play for the Lions? Yeah, I believe he was a tight end yeah. for the Lions, yeah. Probably like three or four years ago. Shout out to you, Brandon. <laughs> no, yeah, the football season is winding down to be pretty... Yeah, pretty, pretty eventful. Yeah, the Patriots falling off has kind of left everything open for everybody else, so it's cool to see. Yeah. Uh, but now it's like, is Kansas City going to continue to try and be dominant, or is everybody going to catch up to them? That's a great point. Um, for some reason, they 
a lot of these teams that say you win a championship and then after that it's kind of hard for them to kind of come back and play like champions, but this Kansas City team is just different, man. Uh, they play like they've been there. The NFL is the hardest league to go back-to-back. Easily, easily the hardest. Because of all the turnover and coaching changes, like you win a Super Bowl and now like your price just went up, so you might leave the team right. for a bigger bag. Got to go fetch a bag. Now you lost all these players and lost all these coaches, and now you got to try to do it again. Yeah. So for them to just hit the ground running, and I mean they're freaking clicking. That their defense shows up like every other game. So I'm real interested to see if they can lock it in during playoffs. But uh, offensively, yeah, looking a little suspect. On yeah, defense. offensively though, I mean they can just freaking put points on the board. So who knows, man? That offense is stupid. It's just that offense might be the only one that's close to what Tampa Bay has. Like on paper, right, right. Oh yeah, for sure. But uh, KB, I mean, that's all I got, man. Yeah, no, I mean, my fantasy season is in the toilet. So me giving advice to other people <laughs> is like offering you a ride home after I just drank. So I'm not gonna <laughs> do all that. Wow, quite the analogy, bro. Um, Fuck this fantasy season. I'm awesome. Yeah, I. But, uh, no, I'm hyped. The Red Sox hired Alex Cora, so I, you know, that's the positivity I was clinging on to. They rehired him, Kyrie. Rehired him. <laughs> you know, like when your man is gonna get in trouble, you gotta distance yourself from him. And Yo, the that, is over. that's really what they did, and I respect the fuck out of it. I saw the timeline. I was like, you know what? He did his time. Yeah, like what if he not just won a World Series? Knock it off. Right. Won a World Series. And, and the, you let Mookie Betts go, so you got to do something. I was just going to say, the team that he's going back to is nothing like what he had two years ago. <laughs> you let your man borrow your whip and you get the shit back fucked up. That's what Alex <laughs> Cora is going through right now. Yo, my yeah, goodness. Yo, where's, where's Mookie? Where's my son of For real. It's crazy. It's just Andrew Benatendi and Jack Bradley Jr. back there, bro. Have fun. Jackie Bradley Jr. is still there. I feel like he's been there forever. Yeah, Jack Bradley Jr. That's my guy. Got David Price uh, having carpal tunnel issues from playing too much Fortnite. He's gone. We don't have him anymore. My goodness. That dude was asking to get to not get re-signed there. I feel like the way that he went about his whole tenure there. Yeah, it was one of those things where it's like, I don't want to be here. Nobody wants me here. But I'm making so much money, I truly have to act like I want to be here and try right. to be competitive. And then we won, so it worked out. Yep. But, no, that contract was fucking stupid. Yeah, that contract was wild. Baseball agents, man, make your bread. Scott Boris, yeah. that man is loaded. <laughs> Scott Boris, shout out Scott Boris. Yeah, that man Permission is... Permission right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but that's it, man. Episode 8? Episode 8. Episode 8. Yes, sir. I think I renamed Young our Kobe. notes wrong. My bad. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Episode 8, and uh, it was me on the mic, KB on the collect call this time around. Nice little change up. <laughs> Or you're about to hear the automated voice telling me you have to enter more coins. <laughs> Someone uh, put nah, money. Man, in. Thanks for thanks for tapping in. Let me get on this remotely. 
Yeah. And, uh, thank you for everybody being patient. I know a couple of people hit me up like, yo, where's the new, where's the new episode? Where's the new episode? But with this COVID shit going on, man, we just wanted to be safe, keep everybody at a good distance and make sure it was right before we kept pushing. But we're good, man. We'll be back at it next week, the week after that, the week after that, the week after that. Oh yeah, we're we're good now. We're ready to roll. So uh, yeah, just a slight little uh, roadblock, nothing crazy. But uh, yeah, we're gonna keep it rolling. And uh, thanks everybody for tuning back in. Uh, this is Ems. You can hit me up at underscore uh, visuals on the gram. Uh, my OnlyFans is private right now. I'm actually filled up to the brim. Subscribers are capped, so uh, y'all are gonna have to wait for that one. Subscribers are capped. <laughs> You're capped. Uh, Kyrie 404 on Twitter and on IG and don't forget to mess with the the show page KB and M spot on Twitter and on Instagram yes sir we're on there man we read the messages we respond to people hit us up yeah for sure alright gang peace